Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Library, a reader's advisory podcast from Oak Creek Public Library. I'm Mary. And I'm Rachel. We have a very special episode today because we're here to talk with author A.G. Allen about her new picture book, There Are Dinosaurs in the Library. This is a richly illustrated picture book for children ages four to 10. It's library day and Mrs. Barker would love to take her class for a visit, but it will take some creative thinking and imagination to persuade a distracted student named Alyssa to get with the program. When Mrs. Barker reminds the class that there will be dinosaurs in the library, everyone, including Alyssa, is eager to go. Boy, are they surprised and a little frightened when the library transforms into a Jurassic playground. With wonderful illustrations by Octavio Cordova, Rachel and I both love this story. It was just published on September 30th, so be sure to check out a copy to support the creative team. A.G. Allen is both a storyteller and a teacher, as well as a traveler. She's been to 14 countries so far and is calling us today from her home in Mallorca, Spain. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us, A.G. It's my pleasure. Well, I'm going to get us started with the first question. So I was perusing your website, which is fantastic, by the way. I love the design. Thank you. Um, I read in your author bio that this book is closely based on a dream that you had about having a group of students in a library where the dinosaurs jumped out of the pages. That must have been wild and clearly the inspiration stuck with you. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, it was about six years ago and I had this dream and I was a child in the dream. So I was one of the characters, yeah. but I was a child and I watched these dinosaurs jump out as a teacher opened the book. And I just remember in the dream being so delighted and thinking this was so much fun. So when I woke up, I just wrote the story down, but then I just put it on the shelf. I didn't really think much about it, but it, it was so vivid in my imagination that I had to write it down. About uh, in December, I, I uh, graduated with the master's in creative writing. And I had started a novel as you do for your last project. But then I realized I didn't really want to do that novel. So I thought, well, I want to do some sort of creative project. So I turned back to this story and then it just took off from there. What a neat idea. Um, and throughout this book, we see so many different types of dinosaurs. Some we know and love and some that were new to me, at least. When writing the story, how do you pick which dinosaurs to include? And because everyone has one, which is your favorite dinosaur? My favorite is probably Velociraptor. So that's my favorite dinosaur. Yeah, I, I from Jurassic Park. I like the fact that they were smart. They worked in the team. They communicated. So I like that about them. But I picked the two most popular ones, um, the T-Rex and the Velociraptor. The other ones, really, I looked them up on the internet. So I just started searching for dinosaurs. I looked at pictures of them. I thought what would be kind of cute and fun for the kids. And that's how I picked the dinosaurs. Very cool. I think my favorite is probably the pterodactyl. Yeah. yeah. I think okay. I'm gonna piggyback off of you and say the velociraptor because you're right. They're so smart and they're just so cool. <laughs> my favorite parts about the story is actually the character Alyssa, which is really mm -hmm. funny when you take into account the fact that the first thing out of her mouth is I hate the library <laughs> kids, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but we see her go through a bit of a journey, and I thought that you write mm. these characters really believably. Is Alyssa based on one or some of the students that you've taught in the past, or is she purely from your imagination? I think she's purely from my imagination. 
uh, I teach high school students and I teach middle school students, but mostly high school in the last eight or so years. And I just knew that I wanted someone that was a little feisty and a little belligerent. <laughs> um, and so that's came to be. I, I didn't really base her on anyone. And my forte in writing and creative writing is characters. So I always come up with the character before I come up with the storyline, with the conflict, everything. The character just kind of springs to life, fully grown in my head. So I can see them, I can hear them. So when I sit down to write, I have their voice in my head. Speaking of characters, the librarian's iconic line takes place once the cast has reached its peak. Before then, we don't really see her in the midst of the action. Is she not able to see the dinosaurs like the class can, or is this just a regular day for her? I know I would be just as overcome as the children if I saw dinosaurs in my library. <laughs> a regular day for her. Um, that character was based on, even though I didn't give her a lot to do, because I, I wanted the focus to stay on the kids and Mrs. Barker, oh. but that character is based on a real librarian that I work with in China, um, Mrs. Fistinich. And she and I used to chat all the time. And that's exactly how she would have responded. She would have carried on with life. She's New Zealand, so she would have had that accent. And then <laughs> she would have yelled, just remain calm, children. So, yeah. That is perfect. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to know, what was it like collaborating with an illustrator as talented as Octavio Cordova? I did stalk their art station and their Instagram accounts. Just wow, their style is so gorgeous and vivid. Isn't it? Um, I chose him specifically because of his style. So I went to a platform. My daughter works on a platform. So that's how I knew about it called Upwork. And so Upwork has creative people on there. When I started the project, I was looking for an illustrator that had these this vivid, rich style and just kind of jump off the page style. I knew some children's books are really pastel-y and I wanted these jewel tones. So I wanted something deep and rich. And when I saw his portfolio, I thought he was perfect. We did a meeting and it was so, it was like he got in my head. So all I did for him is I gave him the script and I told him what I thought the illustration should look like. But all of these images and everything you see those were from his imagination. And I think what was the best part that I didn't realize I was getting was how expressively he illustrates. So you see the expression on the children's faces, on the dinosaurs' faces, um, and I just really loved it. So it was really a dream work with him. He lives in Ecuador, and we did everything uh, either Zoom or mostly just through the platform where he would send me preliminary sketches to see if I liked them. If I did, he would move forward to the full-on illustrations. And so he did the whole book. I initially hired him for the inside of the book. I loved it. And then I hired him for the cover of the book, front and back. And he did also those, um, I, I don't know what you call them, but those first pages before you get to the actual text. Wow. It's an incredible talent. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so speaking of design, the text placement and font, um, they're such an important part of a picture book, right? So we can get a character's tone, volume, and personality just from the style of text. You can have text that's straight across, swirly, little, big, you name it. It creates little stage directions for grown-ups when reading it out loud, and it makes for a more fun experience for the young readers. How do you decide where the words go on the page? 
I first started out just really plain. I did all the text layout myself and I didn't like it. So it was really plain. Um, but there was a book that I used to read my daughter when she was a little girl called The Stinky Cheese Man. Oh, it's very I liked popular. <laughs> Bonnie crazy and they were big and they were little and did this and they were that. And so uh, I told Octavio, uh, I had done it first myself. And then I said, okay, I wanna add something to your, your list. Um, can you do this inside text? And he said, sure. I said, I gave him a copy of the Stinky Cheese Man. I said, I want this feel. And then he just took it from there. I had feedback. And once he did it, I loved it. I loved what he did and I loved everything that he did. But I had feedback like, no, this is not good for a children's book. It's gonna confuse the children. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna take my chances with this because I just remember my daughter growing up and we had lots of books. And my favorites were those kinds that had that little kind of, little something extra, not just plain type on the page. Right, it just makes it so much more fun, I think. <laughs> I think so. Okay, so There Are Dinosaurs in the Library was literally just published, but you tease mm -hmm. on your website that it is the first in a series about adventures in reading. Can you give us any hints as to what's coming next? I, I, I didn't dream it, but I was just sitting around daydreaming and I came up with the next one. No, I know what it was. I was on a plane. So I've been flying back and forth to uh, South Korea, to Spain, trying to get everything sorted. And I was on a plane and I came up with the second one. I had a list that I, of, of different ideas because in the library it could be, you know, astronauts in the library. There was a lot in there. And so on a plane, um, I came up with, I think they're gonna be cowboys in the library. So I've written that story, but I wanna give this some traction, give this some time to be out there for a little while oh, before yeah. I come out with that one. Definitely, yeah. I wanted things that are fun and that I think kids will be interested in. And so I think for me, Cowboys in the Library is something I thought, I, I know kids have a lot of other things. I'm kind of dating myself. However, I think that those kinds of stories where they can pretend will be appealing and that have action in them. So that's why I chose that. I agree 100%. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, so this book is joining so many other wonderful stories in kids' picture books. So apart from your new book, what is a picture book title that you would recommend everyone read and why? Let me think here. I just read a whole bunch of them this summer. <laughs> One about the Billy Goat's Gruff, a new version of it that I thought was fantastic. And what else did I read this summer? You have to forgive me. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> you too. That's fine. <laughs> but there's so many good ones. Oh, there was one about, it was a lady and a dog. And so, and a man and a dog. And they each had dogs that didn't match them. And people would say, why does the big lady have the little dog? And why does the skinny man have the big dog? And then they met and decided to trade dogs. But the dog, they didn't work out. That one was really cool too. So forgive me for not knowing the titles. That's okay. We can look them up and we can always link them too. Yes. yes. We're librarians. That's what we do. Right. <laughs> it's on, uh, I have an Instagram. I covered them on my Instagram page. Sure. Yeah, I can look through that. That's everything we have time for today, listeners. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. 
please check the show notes for a list of everything we just talked about, as well as a link to AG's website and socials. We ask that you subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what you hear. As always, you can reach us through the Oak Creek Public Library website or Facebook page by sending messages to at Oak Creek Library. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us, AG. Until next time, happy reading. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>